You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to Thank You for Your Servers, a show which looks at the tech news of today, but from a libertarian perspective. Now here is your host, Thaddeus Preston, a.k.a. Nick Way. Thank you for logging into Thank You for Your Servers. I'm Thaddeus Preston, a.k.a. Nick Way. You can follow me on Twitter at Nick Way. Yet another episode with no Gary Guthrie, but he's with us in spirit. But we shall press on. This and other podcasts are brought to you by the MLGA Network of Podcasts. Let's make Liberty Great Again, fam. And now on to the news. Editorial changes are coming to the web from traditional news aggregators such as Microsoft News. As assaults in Section 230 of the CDA, Communications Decency Act, continue and accelerate, more algorithmic changes are coming to news aggregators with the help of machine learning and AI. Why are they doing this? Well, I suspect liability and cost cutting. But what prompted me to kind of dig into this particular subject and basically produce this particular rant was an article I read in the Business Insider by Lucia Moses. Um, Headline saying, Microsoft News just cut dozens of editorial workers as it shifts to an AI-driven system of picking stories. From the piece... Microsoft News has shed dozens of editorial workers this week, this is the week of the 25th of May as we record this, as it moves to an AI-driven system of picking news and away from human editors for MSN.com, which is one of the world's top destinations on the web. When questioned, uh, a Microsoft spokesman returned to this statement, like all companies, we evaluate our business on a regular basis. This can result in an increased investment in some places and for time, from time to time, redeployment in other areas. These decisions are not the result of the current pandemic. Well, that's only half right. It actually is. But in this particular instance, it's only going to affect 50 contractors for, uh, from a staffing agency that they use to do this editorial stuff. But to, think that, to say that the pandemic has absolutely nothing to do with it is slightly misleading but what is probably a trend that i'm going to that we're going to see more of is the fact that like human curators introduce bias that bias has been called out now in the realm of politics and culture and so they want to start limiting their liability and this might be something preemptive looking at the landscape and the climate right now particularly for big tech um, where they simply need to limit liability, cut costs and payroll, and move a lot more things in-house. I think this is part of a broader trend. So back to this particular piece, which uh, basically calls this out here, well, that explains this. Uh, Microsoft is similar to other tech companies in using algorithms to determine content selection. Others like YouTube and Facebook have faced criticism for relying too heavily on algorithms to surface content on their sites, though. Um, resulting in fake and misleading uh, news getting through. This has kind of been the big bugaboo about the fact that Facebook and 
Twitter and YouTube rely too heavily on algorithms, but at the same time, it's come to find out that they actually aren't that heavily reliant on algorithms. They actually are relying very heavily on human curators. For instance, back to the piece, Facebook has tried to fix this, fix its credibility over the years by hiring human editors, but still relies mostly on algorithms in deciding what news to promote. Tim Cook has made it a point of fact that Apple News, which is their news aggregator product, has a team of human editors running the news aggregation app in contrast to rival Facebook. This is just for them to toot their own horn that they have human curators. This to me, it's funny. We've seen many, many articles in the past, particularly in the tech press, saying that there's too much of reliance on these on human curators because these algorithms aren't up to snuff. This article is insinuating that they're too reliant on algorithms and they should rely more on human curators, talking up the fact that Tim Cook of Apple says that they use more human curators for their news aggregation app. I mean, you can have it both ways if you want. Even though there are problems with the algorithmic methods employed by Facebook and Google and everyone else, um, and you know, human curators have their own liabilities and biases. And so the algorithms, in essence, aid in the human curation. It's, it's funny what has happened over the last 20 years, particularly when we're talking about the web, is as we've moved back and forth between human curated, crowdsourced, and uh, curated uh, content versus algorithmically selected content, um, we've basically just taken the editorial staff of a major publication or a basically a newsroom of a major publication, and we basically virtualized it. And we're finding cracks in certain aspects of that, but it is the future. This is going to happen. This is, you know, the algorithms will get better in human curation for the simple, just the dumb, not to call it dumb, but, but, but for the kind of mind-numbing task of just grabbing the best articles and laying, getting a good layout on a page of what is important there will be less and less human intervention in that editorial process. So, you know, so when I started reading about this, it kind of, I kind of harkened back to some other things that we've been dealing with, the disaggregation of lots of industries, the disruption of many industries, particularly when algorithmic automation starts to really take off. See, I call this the COVID cleansing, right? The COVID cleansing that is happening all over tech companies um, as they need to kind of cut payroll, divest of real estate, and really, really push hard on ML AI efforts. Um, this is coming to human um, curation of content on the web because for you know, lack of a better word, they want to limit liability and get humans out of the loop. Because what has Thaddeus always said about humans in the loop? They kind of suck. We're important, but we're messy. <laughs> you know, and so that's that that got me to then looking into yet another industry that has the potential now accelerated because of this COVID-19 thing of being automated and jobs being lost. For example. Dovetailing from that article, as we kind of see the human toll of what's happening in actual, in real world terms, people losing jobs. Baidu, AI, uh, Baidu, um, which is basically the Chinese search uh, search giant over there in China, 
um, has has a new kind of uh, AI that produces news videos using just a URL. Um, this is a, an article that I read in the uh, the new web. I'm sorry, uh, the next web actually, which is pretty, which is a pretty good site. Um, they've really been following this AI ML revolution, um, as well as VentureBeat for like deal flow in the industry. And taken from this article, uh, AI for news pr production is one of the areas that has drawn contrasting opinions. On one hand, it might help media houses produce more news in a better format with minimal effort. On the other hand, it might take away the human element of journalism or take people or, or take people out of jobs completely. Right. And this is always the genuine, genuine concern. This is this is always a concern. Um, it's funny how arrogantly a lot of people in the in the press and the tech press in particular are wanting to be very empathetic to the fact that like blue collar workers are losing all their their jobs and offshoring and all this other stuff. But I don't think they truly understand that what's developing in the backyard of the very industry they cover. And I'm talking specifically more of the tech press is they're coming for the AI ML is coming for Airbus job. So, you know, Chinese search giant Baidu has developed this new AI model built into a product that calls VidPass or an algorithm it calls VidPass that brings video and text together by creating a clip based on simply a URL that points to an article. This is wrapped into a bigger product that Baidu uh, uh, produces called, uh, uh, it's a video app called Hayakan or, you know, Hayokan or it's spelled, it's H-A-O-K-A-N. Sorry, my public school education and didn't teach me phonics very well, but I digress. So um, back to this article and how it kind of describes this VidPass algorithm. Um, so VidPass is an AI-powered video synthesis tool that Baidu Research recently developed in an effort to churn out sleek professional video content in one clip, in one click, right? Uh, given a URL as an input, VidPass can then automate the creation process from choosing clips that fit the topic to knitting video content with AI synthesized narratives. So why does this matter? If you look at, if you actually go click through and go to Baidu Research page, what's happening is this. I take this link to the next web article about how Baidu AI produces news videos from a URL. It then synthesizes from that. It goes out and it picks from its media library, access to a media library that it has access to, the web, and it basically starts to just bring in all this data, curate it. Um, now, let's ignore the fact that it's coming from a Chinese company, and I understand the implications of how news and information is created, uh, and the fact that the Chinese government as a whole um, would love a tool like this, in particular, their troll farms that basically push out disinformation at almost light speed. This would like, literally automate the process to a couple of clicks and, and a URL. But let's just go to the Baidu site and, uh, and let's understand, let's read how it describes this. Imagine how difficult it is for AI to edit videos. In essence, it must understand the story first tailor it into a short script that fits the video link and synthesize a narrative, find relevant clips from footage and put them together in the timeline 
and output a video aligned with the audio. Now, synthesizer narrative sounds terrifying, and, but the technical impl implications of this are fascinating. You thought you had content farms na uh, now, or at least at the height of the, uh, I don't know, Web 2.0, where you know people were literally building content farms to game the search engines. Remember when you would go into Google and the aughts and search for how to, you know, fix a toaster or something. Someone has literally had literally gone out and found someone to write a short article for like pennies on a dollar. So and then game through search engine optimization, raise that story. And then that would show up in the first part of the link. You go to the page, the page had a lot of ads, traffic was driven. That's how it would work. Imagine that a machine simply doing that. And I'm not 100% sure that that doesn't already exist. So this is um, slightly game changing because synthesizing narrative aside, and we've talked about algorithmic bias and how it's kind of a thing and how that kind of bends and shapes and warps ideology within the valley and tech as a whole and how you can see those stories is kind of coming out. Imagine this, like you, you, this could be how search engines of the future operate, where one would then enter in not even just a URL at this point, they would enter in a search term. And that search term would not only aggregate data based on that search term, it would synthesize a summary as opposed to synthesizing a narrative, which has, again, terrifying implications, um, and present a very media-rich result, right? This is just me thinking outside the box here. But the press as a whole and people who are in the business of, at the very least, curating content, um, this could be both empowering and, and, and disaggregating. See, we've always worried about the loss of blue-collar jobs because of technological innovation, but this particular innovation, on top of the fact that we're now seeing outwardly lots of companies taking advantage of, of COVID to do a COVID cleansing, you, you, you've got to take, take heed of this, right? This is, this is coming. So it proves to me that the press, tech press in particular, when it comes to straight news stories, is completely replaceable. So that means editorial and commentary and analysis will be king in the future. That's why podcasts are so t taking off. It's why there's so much godforsaken editorializing within articles today. That I simply want to know about a new trend or startup or technology. I don't want to know about the editorializing of it. Um, that, can be, that needs to be um, segregated to another part of the page. But this stuff is going to become king and much more valuable. And there's also another disturbing thing and something we don't like to kind of talk about a lot, right? Because we've, we've had this notion of the Chinese for a while. The Chinese can't innovate. And they're not afraid to innovate and disrupt and disaggregate industries in the process. Now, they're building this technological terror state, uh, technical terror state um, by virtue of what they've done to the Uyghurs in the West and what, they've, what, they're, what they're doing with WeChat and what they're doing with social, social credit scores and stuff like that. Some crap out of Black Mirror. But no longer am I willing to concede that we can out-innovate the Chinese. We're too busy getting in our own way 
And maybe that's a good and a bad thing, right? We're, we're very ethical. But um, they're, they're using these technologies. And if I look in short time, these technologies will get out of those, 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 those laboratories. They will end up on GitHub. And if someone is smart and the future bloggers and curators and podcasters of the future may want to take heed of this, because this will be a tool that, a lot, that basically is a force multiplier for content creators. This is important because with the trend we're seeing, i.e. Microsoft cutting back on everything and basically moving in-house a lot of their content curation, like the Bing Group, because I listen to a couple of Microsoft's researches, research podcasts from time to time, and the Bing Group is doing just as the same thing that the Baidu research is doing in-house for search, and they're building it into all their products. E even content creation products like Microsoft Word and PowerPoint and stuff are getting these, these Bingified tools, right? These agents going out to the web and grabbing data and stuff like that. Imagine if I'm, you know, in a using what is these content management platforms and having that capability built in, you just generate that stuff and to generate traffic and to generate slick videos and to even synthesize voice, synthesize content results, synthesize a lot of things, even synthesize narrative. This is going to happen. What I don't, what I don't get here, here is, um, we're going to praise this technology now because it's awesome, right? I mean, even, you know, from OpenAI's uh, GPT-2, 3, and 4, which are basically these natural language um, processing and or generation engines that can basically write pretty credible articles um, with, with based on a lot of data. Like this, the, all these tools are going to just get, or they're going to get out into the wild, man. And news as we know it, is going to start to change. And again, analysis, editorial, and commentary will be more king now than ever before. So these tools are getting better and we can put the ethical ethics aside because the shiny surely don't give a damn about that, particularly on the internet. And under, you know, that, that's, you know, under continuing assault is the press and their model and the media and their model. And this, particular example that I've kind of pulled a thread on, starting with the, Microsoft, the article from Business Insider about Microsoft, this is the COVID cleansing that will exacerbate a lot of change across a lot of industries. Now, there's not much of a liberty angle to this, right? Maybe what I've described earlier, where it maybe empowers creators more to get out of the drudgery of, of um, generating content that is just straight news and focus more on the editorial, the analysis, the commentary of that news, which opinion, you know, my opinions aside are the people who do sort of that editorial and commentary of straight news. Now, that is the future. We're going to get more of it. And we just need, so that just means we need more um, voices out there. And maybe this will empower more voices. You know, I, I don't know. That was just me. But that's what I came off. That's what I came up with, just kind of reading this article. Big up to Ryan, the, my producer, who kind of posted it in our Discord, and it really did get me to thinking, and it really did help me bounce off this um, Baidu research. 
uh, uh, tool that we're automating all the things, particularly um, the cognitive, the low level cognitive and white collar things that we thought were exempt from, um, you know, disruption and disaggregation, right? Um, yeah, this is kind of cool. But that's it, man. I'm not going to belabor this too much longer. I just wanted to kind of get that off my chest. I'm trying to push out content in these times now that, um, you know, COVID has confined us mainly to our homes because there's not much we can go do when we go out. Um, we're slowly starting to open up. Hopefully things start to get back to normal. Hopefully we'll get Gary back into his back <laughs> at some point back in the in the co-chair. Um, but I'm going to continue to kind of give you my thoughts when I see articles that point to trends that kind of need some explanation. So with that said, this has been uh, Nick Way. This has been Thank You For Your Servers. Again, Make Liberty Great Again podcast, Make Liberty Great Again podcast network. Your great shows out there and uh, tune in when you can. And with that said, have a great day and enjoy the SpaceX launch. Mm-hmm.